0: So according to Google Podcasts, we've had one listener on a smart speaker. Google Podcasts?
1: We're on Google? Uh, apparently, yeah. Is there a way of turning that off?
0: <laughs> like that I know of. I'm curious how they they get that data. But I presume doesn't not very many of our listeners are listening on Google. Most of it seems to be like custom players and a lot of it's on iOS.
1: I mean, if you own a... Uh, google home mini then chances are you really don't care about privacy anyway but you really should be able to listen to our podcast without us knowing where you're listening or how you're listening it's an interesting conversation actually i got in trouble a little bit at work this week because i oh i got so angry i i know i like i kept my mic on mute the entire meeting but i was fuming uh because i found out that For a product that I'm working on, uh, one of the Genesis suite products that's yet to be released, soon to be released, should be in the next week or so, Um, the marketing team was planning and hopefully is no longer planning, but was planning on doing the type of ad campaign called retargeted advertising. Have you heard of that? Of course, yeah. It's the one where the ad follows you around the web and then quite quite effective exactly it's super effective because it taps into parts of our brain that that we can't properly control anyway I I like went off on this rant on slack uh, on a private slack where nobody else could hear me uh, because basically here this is the controversial thing that I'm going to say I'm going to lose some friends here are we allowed to do this sure go for it it's our (laughs) podcast I'm uh, all Do you mind if we lose a few listening? I think if you're doing retargeted advertising, I think that you are bad for the internet. And there is a case to be made that um, that is an immoral or an unethical act.
0: Mm. You know, this – this is. We'll put a pin on this because. Well, I guess it's related to advertising because there is another side. Look at Facebook's dominance in advertising, right? Right. And we can point to the darkness of it. We can. We can talk about that. There's another side to this, though, and that's all of these, all of the opportunity it's made available to small businesses, including things like retargeting. Like there's small businesses that wouldn't exist
1: without Fine. the opportunity that that opened. I'm fine with that. If we were able to go back in time and remove retargeting from this particular universe and that would affect I don't know what hundreds maybe maybe less. I think I think you're grossly underestimating the
0: like the ramifications of that. Like Even when I think so, about I
1: I think a better safer more secure internet which doesn't have profiles that track you around the thing is that that's fine for small businesses right it's the same thing as facebook it's fine you use facebook because you want to catch up with family friends family and friends and you don't actually try you try not to look at the ads and you don't engage with the political nonsense and so what's the harm in doing that it's not so much about how an individual's use or how an individual has been benefited benefited by the by the system but in fact i, 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 think I set up more, more to do with a new, the, the group dynamics. Like, okay, I'll, I'll let I'll let you get on to. What did you set up new?
0: I set up a new podcast player the other day. I switched over to Castro. Oh yeah, uh, to to play play podcasts on my device because I've started to get an unmanageable number of them, and I opted for the premium version, like pretty much out of the gate. Yeah, I've done and the same for Overcast. When I was looking at the different options, I had I had a few decisions like. Like you don't have to have ads anymore when you turn on the premium version. Mm-hmm. And at first I left both ads, both in the inbox and in discovery enabled and tried that for a little bit. Then I didn't like it anymore. But the reason why I left it and I ended up leaving ads turned on in discovery, but off in the inbox. Cause I just, I don't want to be bothered with what's in my inbox. I didn't like that when I'm searching though. I liked it there. And ultimately for me as a user, I actually want the ads that I'm shown in when I'm searching, when I'm looking for something to, to be relevant to me. And that's something that I think you may be underestimating is that people, a lot of, a lot of buying decisions are actually made based on ads.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with the relevance point. I think that it's helpful to have relevant ads. What I think is unhelpful is, or it's, it's it's detrimental rather is to have your behaviour manipulated by things like uh, session length and browsing history and for for companies or or systems like DoubleClick to have a massive profile on you that it can use to figure out when you're most vulnerable to making purchasing decisions. That that's not good for anyone. Uh, I mean, it's good for Google maybe. But really, like, you're being manipulated into buying stuff you don't need. Uh, I think that's bad.
0: It's tricky, though, because it also comes down to, like, how the thing is being used, right? Because you're absolutely right. And there's been recent things like, should political ads be allowed? Like, what do you allow in systems because of just how powerful and effective it absolutely is? There's also... Like if you think about an ideal state for a small business, your ads, if you're, let's take the the positive side for a moment. A small business that has a clear audience that's focused on delivering value and that like they, ha- there's a problem that they've identified that to be solved and they've created a solution for that problem. The ideal state is to find customers who are in a place where they are clear yep. on that problem. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And that could be seen as invasive.
1: No, no. So here's, it's it's a really simple and clear distinction in my head here. I'll I'll lay it out really, really easy for you to to understand how my position is how I think it should (laughs) be. Hear it. Is when you advertise in real life, right? You choose a place for that ad to go, let's say billboard, right? Or you might advertise in a shop window, or you might advertise in a particular newspaper on a particular page. What we're talking about here is bubbles when you start generating uh, bubbles online that's when you've crossed a line when you when you start infiltrating people's personal bubbles what I'm trying to suggest here is that you should be able to if you advertise on the New York Times you are reaching a particular type of audience mm. and your ad should be seen. By everybody who visits that particular page, not just by the men, the people who are assumed to be men. I don't know what this says about me. This is a bit embarrassing, but Twitter thinks I am a woman. It, it keeps showing me ads for bras, right? What I am suggesting is that, and and that's that's a, a rarity. You know, in most cases, that isn't the case, and that's the problem. Uh, and, and so, what I am so trying to say is that, like, you want to have, so I want to advertise a WordPress plugin. I'll advertise on the tavern. I, as opposed to, okay, but here's the problem with that. Here's the problem. Like that's how it
0: was, right? Like, and if you look at the concentration of power in the media landscape, there were a, a number of properties and there was massive companies that sort of came out of that where they acquired the power and they became the gatekeeper to advertising. And if the the tavern, for instance, taking this hypothetical was like one of the only places that you could advertise, then it's not a fair example
1: no. it's on, on country the country. on the it's the, the, the cost goes up dynamic.
0: and it becomes the cost goes up it becomes much less accessible and it t- becomes something that's used by those with more money yeah. and more access and it squeezes out the small
1: ones quite often privacy costs money that's true there is often an implication a, an, a, a financial implication for more privacy you're right so the problem becomes though for the small business that's starting, because this is the
0: other side of that coin, for the small business that's starting, the you know, because Facebook, Google, these these big advertising aggregators, they don't really care
1: that much about. They the can offer cheaper price because they have more effective targeting, more effective advertising, and I'm saying that you know, if you let capitalism run wild in this particular regard, there is a cost to people who aren't involved in the transaction. Okay, so there's a, and the cost is to the people who are being advertised to, their lack of privacy. That's the cost. What I'm suggesting is that we um, manually reconfigure the system so that that cost is shared between the advertiser and the and the platform that's advertising, so that the. Because there is a cost to the the user's privacy.
0: Yeah, I think one point to bring into this that I think is worth continuing to bring up: people make this binary assumption, like ads are good or ads are bad, and I think that's that's part of the challenge with all
1: this. We is, should relate this back to WordPress because we've got five minutes left, man.
0: Well, I like
1: I like on. this that's fifteen minute limit. <laughs> like ads. There's
0: this assumption that ads are good or ads are bad, right? Like a lot of people are okay. Ad blockers for everything. I don't want ads anywhere, and that.
1: I think is dangerous because of kind of where that can lead. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you and ads done tastefully and unobtrusively can be magnificent things. And I think of it uh, about like uh, as like an educational tool. It's a way of informing people about something that, that may be of use to them. Uh, So the question becomes, who do we want to decide what's
0: tasteful? Let's talk about the block directory.
1: So, this week, or yeah, this this past week, the rules for the block directory, the guidelines, were I don't want to say they were changed; they were maybe like updated slightly and maybe a bit more put in in stone where there'd been a draft. Them now sort of yeah. finalized, and part of those rules is blocks that don't include any sort of ads, mm-hmm. no upsells, no hidden features. No grayed out options, blocks that just work completely, and this is is a really interesting approach because it makes it really impossible for uh, a plugin startup, a small business, to be able to sort of create a self sustainable uh, block plugin. So, I mean, I'm concerned because I'm, I, I wonder whether or not the block directory will suffer because of this. Will, will we see the same sort of, you look at the, the top 10, the top 100 plugins in the WordPress.org plugin directory, 95% of them are the freemium model. Get the free version and and the pro version. And that is a good thing because it allows the free versions to exist. It allows the pro versions to exist. It allows all of this new creativity and new uh, capability on the web. Um, (laughs) You know what a potential
0: solution for this is? What's that? So uh, it's such a fascinating problem because – well, so potential solution, future state – what if you could just buy a block? How do you mean? Just give someone the ability to purchase a block. Like this block is $1.99 and you can buy it like right Word there. WordPress has
1: never done that, has it? Like I'm, it I'm, hasn't. I'm not, I'm not making a judgment on this on the, this idea. But, it but, hasn't. It's also really unlikely because of all the questions. I
0: think uh, there's a lot of opportunity for hosts to step in and... Whether that's ideal or not, it's a different question, but it's a, there's a, there's a symptom, it's a symptom of a problem here, right? Where we basically say, okay, you can't have ads, you can't have freemium, you can't have premium either. You end up having something that's kind of inherently stunted because what's the incentive and uh, that the Tavern article rightly called out at least a perspective that it, it's going to probably be hobbyists or the companies with resources. The small businesses are kind of cut out.
1: Yeah, And then the question becomes, where's the sustainability? So for a large company, there's sustainability in just brand equity and brand recognition, right? That could be worth the investment. But if you're a small company, you can't bank on that. And so larger companies have a a huge advantage in the block directory because there can be no advertising. So that's an interesting take. There is one sort of uh, aside that needs to be mentioned, which is you can still create a plugin and submit it to the plugin directory with ads. It just couldn't right. be discovered. Can't be this discovered through the block editor. I, I think it's a reasonable call. It just has these really interesting implications. Right. Um, like Again, like I, I wonder if we'll see the creativity that we've seen with the plugin directory and the block directory. I hope we will. But yeah. I, I've come up with a number of different block ideas. Uh, I've come up with some really good ones, actually, some, some that would challenge WooCommerce, I think. But I'm not going to work on them. Because I can't realistically turn that into a, a solid business because it's so, just a block, you know. It's not necessarily a huge big plug-in, and it's it's a bit bit of a strange space. So here's where I think the opportunity is.
0: I'm not I'm not certain whether it's like there's there's ramifications untold, but the opportunity right now is for hosting companies to say, okay, yeah, we respect that. That's all good. We're going to offer a light layer on top of this that's going to facilitate premium blocks. That'd be interesting. I think ultimately I'll call it my bias. I think WordPress should figure out a way to solve this until then hosts could do it.